0: I'm Caroline Jones, and you're listening to the Rock Solid Podcast.
1: Make me a deal and make it good for me. I won't get full of myself, so I can't afford to be here. This is small town music, this is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. Funny, he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today to promote her new album, Antipodes, please welcome Caroline Jones. Caroline, hello!
0: How are you? Thanks for having me.
2: I am good. Now, first of all, before we even start talking about music, you have had quite a week. I have, yeah. Because you just got married.
0: I did. I've actually, I think today is our one week anniversary.
2: This is, uh, this is crazy. Like, I feel like I'm infringing on your honeymoon.
0: Well, you are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually on my honeymoon right now. Um, and it is lovely. Um, but you know, my husband's a surfer, so we, we, we don't have problems there. He's out surfing.
2: All right. And where, where are you honeymooning? Can you tell me that?
0: I can, I can say that we're in Hawaii.
2: Nice. Nice.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful. I'd actually never been to Hawaii. Um, my husband's been several times um, and it's, it's beautiful. We love to travel and he really loves to travel. And ever since I've met him, I love to travel more. You know, I've always traveled for my job, but I never really traveled for pleasure right, or for experience. And so that's been a, beautiful development and a big part of our relationship. We love nature. Like we both really, really reconnect in nature. So it's beautiful here.
2: Very cool. Now the pictures you posted this week of your, of your ceremony, first of all, it looked beautiful. It looked romantic, but it it also looked like maybe this was an elopement. Was this planned or did you guys just say, let's do this?
0: Closer to the latter than the former. We had what we called a wedding window. Okay. where we kind of, we knew that we wanted to get married this winter. Um, obviously I don't tour in the winter. And so we had some time and the winter is really when we love to travel. Um, because it's the time where the music industry really shuts down and right. he's not busy. And so we had a wedding window. We knew we wanted to get married sometime in the next couple of months. And we were actually already going to Hawaii. It wasn't planned as our honeymoon. Okay. Um, we were just going to adventure there. So we thought we might get married in Hawaii or we might get married um, in Colorado. We weren't sure. We just had a wedding window. And then when we got to Colorado, we discovered how easy it is to get married in Colorado. You don't even need an efficient. You don't need anyone. (laughs) You can literally just sign a piece of paper in a courthouse and you're married. So once we discovered that, we were like, oh, this is, we're golden. This is just too perfect. And then we had met some friends there who one in particular, who's kind of a mountain man and an inventor, And he took us to all these cool, very isolated places and, um, ice climbing and all kinds of cool stuff. And we found this really, really cool, beautiful, very, very remote place. And, um, Nick, my husband and, and Nate, our friend just a few days building a little arch there and cutting down trees and like packing down the snow. And it was so cool. It was very handmade and very DIY and very special.
2: It's like, it's like they built a church right there for you guys.
0: Yeah. Well, that is our church. You know, we love nature. We love being out. That's where um, I feel most spiritually connected for sure. So it was very, very meaningful.
2: Well, I thought it was very nice that you shared those pictures. I'm sure your fans really enjoyed seeing that such a personal moment. Uh, oh, were, were your were family members able to be there
0: it was kind of just us yeah um we're gonna have a separate celebration with our families but um it was yeah it was very spur of the moment very last minute and very um, handmade diy very private so okay. we'll definitely have time to celebrate with family and friends though
2: because i know people that elope sometimes the parents get a little uh, mad
0: Yeah, you know, we're really, really lucky. We have very, very supportive family and friends. Um, And, you know, everyone to each his own. People forget that that a a marriage and a wedding is really for the people getting married. I think that's like a big, there's so much pressure in our culture on, on marriage, on weddings, on outdoing each other, on production. And sometimes you can lose sight of what it's really about. And for some people, they love to have big weddings big parties and i say hats off to them you know like more power to you but this is just what we personally wanted and what felt really authentic to us
2: well i think i think that's great and i think sometimes when people have the big wedding after the fact they think i kind of maybe just wish we would have just done this with each other but
0: some people do for sure but like i know my sisters both had huge weddings and mm-hmm. it was so fun like everyone yeah. had the best time i think they had the best time so i think my only advice now that I'm married would be, I am definitely glad I did it the way I did it. I am, I do not like the stress of big parties and big social events, ironically, given my line of work. <laughs> um, but I would say just do it a way that feels authentic, that you feel like you can go through with the most joy and the least stress. Yeah. And if that, that and if you could have a big party like that, go for it because everyone loves a big party.
2: And now that the union's done, when you do get together with family and friends to celebrate the marriage, there won't be any pressure. You'll just be yeah, exactly. able, able to enjoy the day.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
2: All right. Speaking of enjoying the day, you're having quite a year. You just released Antipodes uh, just yes. a few months ago, and people are loving this album. I am. Uh, I'm new to your career. My listeners kept telling me you have to check out Caroline Jones. She has oh, a new cool. album out. So, uh, I bought this thing and I loved it. And then I went and Thank I bought, you. I bought uh, the previous album, and then the EP, and then the Bandcamp stuff. And you are just wow. killing it. So, congratulations, uh, onward Thank and upward! Thank you
0: very much. That's very cool of your listeners.
2: Uh, it, well, I, I get turned on to a lot of uh, new artists and new stuff uh, and old stuff by the listeners, and uh, it's part of the thing I like about doing the show. I read a quote that Rolling Stone magazine called you one of the 10 country artists you need to know. It's kind of impressive.
0: It, it is. That's a really big honor. Rolling Stone is is still one of the most premier music outlets. Um, so that was that's a big deal. Yeah, very flattering.
2: So when you read something like that, uh, does it give you some validation of what you've been trying to achieve since you started your musical journey?
0: Absolutely. I think there's... A lot of validation, especially in those tr- music trade magazines like Rolling Stone and Billboard. My uh, my single come in just recently went top forty. my first official top forty hit on country radio. So those kind of moments are very validating. Yeah, especially you know I I measure my success more by my craftsmanship and um, the validation of my peers more than saying numbers or sales or. I think those things are sometimes, not always, but some, they're not directly correlated yeah. with talent or greatness. And I think that's important for aspiring musicians and professional musicians to remember. I think it's really important to keep perspective and be honest with yourself about the kind of work that you're doing and putting out and not just measure it by uh, data and analytics and um, commercial success. So right. I've always been. Um, very wary of doing that but when you, when you get those markers of commercial success it is very validating Sure, and, and something to appreciate.
2: And for me I, I listened to Antipodes first and then I went back and I listened to your catalog from your first record uh, up to um, Bare Feet and I mm-hmm. can tell you for me every album is better than the previous album so that's what you want. Thank
0: you. That's exactly what you want. And, um, I agree with you. So (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) You know, I've been, um, I've been writing and and producing records since I was 18. Mm -hmm. Um, and and really like self-producing sometimes in the dark when I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I've always been very headstrong that way and wanted to do to learn by doing. Yeah. And, um, so I love seeing the progression and, and I always want to be, you know, my, my whole life goal is to, be a great musician, singer, songwriter, producer, all these crafts that are part of my artistry. And um, so thank you for saying that because constantly improving and making better work than I made before is, it's obviously the goal. Absolutely.
2: It is. I guess when you, when you start out and you're kind of uh, like your, like your wedding ceremony, you're a DIY artist. You, yeah. you're in control. You're in control of your image and the songs and everything. So hats off. That's, that's a good thing.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. It's a good thing
2: to know at a young age that that's what you want to do.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, Thank you for saying that. I've been an independent artist, like I said, for over 10 years and I, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't have it any other way because you, you learn so much. And you fall on your face, but at least you fall on your face and you're accountable to yourself.
2: Right. On your own terms.
0: And then what's really special is that you start building collaborations and a team with people who believe in you, you know, not something that they could make you into or not something that you could be, but who believe in you and what you're about and what you're trying to build. And then those collaborations and that teamwork is that much more fruitful and meaningful because it really has a purpose and some authenticity behind it. And that's, what's been really cool the last few years is to team up with some producers like Rick and musicians and um, musical peers who kind of see something in you and and want to help bring it to light. And I've been really, really lucky to have relationships like that the past few years.
2: Your two most recent albums are uh, released through Mailboat records. I believe Mm -hmm. that's Jimmy Buffett's label. Yeah. So it's still it's yeah, not the, it's not the big machine, but it still is validation that uh, this label wants to carry your your stuff. So that's cool.
0: Certainly. Yeah. And Jimmy is a real mentor to me. You know, he took me under his wing after Zach Brown was my first major tour. And then Jimmy was my second. And I toured with Jimmy all of 2018. And did a song with him called Gulf Coast Girl that he wrote for me with Mac McAnally. And I I can't say enough good things about, you know, the reason that I have a career is Zach Brown and Jimmy Buffett. Um, And so I feel very indebted to them and very grateful for their mentorship, um, for their guidance, and primarily for the opportunities that they give you, you know, because there's no way, there's no handbook for learning how to be a good entertainer. You just have to do it. Yeah. And especially learning how to be an, a good entertainer in front of 20, 30,000 people every night. You can't prepare for that. You just have to learn and trial by fire. And you, know, you have to spend nights where maybe you don't capture the crowd most nights. And then over time, over days and nights and weeks of doing those shows, you learn how to do that. But if nobody gives you that chance, that stage, that 20 yeah. minutes on stage to learn how to do that, there's just no way you can do it. Um, so I'm very, very grateful, um, to them for those, uh, those opening slots and those opportunities.
2: And then once you get the opportunity though, you have to do it. It's all on you and it's, uh, and you're doing it. So that's, Thank uh, you. that must feel great. Let me talk about uh, Antipodes. Tell me about this title because I don't know what it means. I didn't look it up because I wanted to hear
1: it from you.
0: Antipodes means the opposite end of the world. And the second definition is the exact opposite of something. So I'm primarily referring to the first definition with this title because I made a lot of this record in New Zealand, which is literally the opposite end of the world. Um, And so it's kind of a colloquialism for Australia and New Zealand. I'm actually half Australian. My mom is Australian. Her whole side of the family lives there. We have lots of family in Sydney. And I spent a lot of the pandemic in New Zealand inadvertently. I had met my husband and he had to move to New Zealand soon after we met for work. And all my tours were canceled. You couldn't even leave your house in America. This was like full on height of 2020 pandemic. And I got an opportunity to go into a closed border, New Zealand through their um, spouse and family program. Okay. And so I was like, peace out, America. <laughs> I am going to New Zealand where there's no COVID. Um, and it was incredible. I mean, it's the best. And I, I never went home. I stayed there for seven months and it was just the most amazing time of my life um, and I ended up finishing this record there. So that's why I call the Antipodes.
2: Excellent, excellent.
1: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: All right, so uh, released in 2021. The album hooked me from the opening track, Getting to Thank Me. Thank
1: you. You're getting to me. You're getting to me now. It's hard to believe. been me okay okay now we're getting somewhere you're getting to me okay okay now we're getting somewhere you're getting to me what if you spent your whole life getting to me
2: Just, Thank you so and, much. And I mean, that's what that's what you have to do. You have to get me immediately so that I want to keep listening. So getting to me is just such a fantastic track. I love it.
0: Thank you very much. I love the contrast in that production. I love how the verses are very sparse with that, you know, there's just like a synth pad and and that main guitar riff and really cool drum sound. And then the choruses kind of explode and lots of electric guitars and synths and um yeah, I, I love that song. Thank you. That was the first song I ever wrote about my husband. So it's very special to me.
2: So when you write a song about your husband or about mm-hmm. a boyfriend or a girlfriend, yeah. do, you, do you present it to him before it's recorded? Do you play it for him on acoustic guitar in some quiet moment? Or do you just surprise him with it, the finished product when it's on the album?
0: I wish I could do that, but I'm too. I'm terrible with that. I'm terrible at keeping secrets. Like okay. I, I, I would rather wait till it's done. But I just get too excited. Um, It's very different now. I think in the beginning, I was very nervous to play him anything because I wanted to impress him so much. And I didn't we didn't know each other that well. So I was very, very shy um, in the beginning about playing him anything. Now, he's always here. I don't know why. I guess that's what marriage is.
2: So he hears He's everything always
0: there. Exactly. He hears everything as I'm writing it. Um, and actually he has really good perspective. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, I'm obviously biased because I love the heck out of him, but like he has great ears and great perspective and, um, and challenges me in the best way.
2: So if he has a critique, you'll accept it. You might not agree with it, but
0: if I think it's good, I'll accept it. Yeah. If I disagree with it, then I'll argue my point till he agrees with me.
2: (laughs) Good idea. Good on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, Now there's a Fleetwood Mac cover on this album. And Mm -hmm. uh, if someone said, oh, uh, Caroline did a Fleetwood Mac cover immediately, I would think, oh, it must be a Stevie Nicks song or it must be a Christine McVie song. But it isn't. You chose Big Love which is a Lindsay Buckingham song. So I think that's kind of thinking out of the box. I like that.
0: Thanks.
1: <laughs> that you love me and
0: that you always will i kind of got pushed into doing it in the best way like one of my um close friends and incredible musician near z he's the one who showed it to me and was like you should learn he almost like dared me to learn the song because it's such a hard guitar part yeah he was like if you learned this guitar part it'd be really cool like people would freak out so I love challenges like that. I kind of was like, Oh yeah, I should learn it. Um, and so I didn't directly pick that song. I probably would have picked gypsy by, by a Stevie Nicks. That's a Stevie Nicks song. Yeah. Um, Cause I love that song. Um, but I'm really glad sometimes that's why it's great to have musician friends or a co-producer, people you're collaborating with that hear something in you that you don't hear in yourself. That's something I've learned a lot more recently. Um, in the beginning of my career, I was just trying so hard to establish what myself was. You know, I was just so trying so hard to find my authentic identity and what I gravitated towards and what my sound was. And now it's cool for people to push you and say, well, what if you did this? What if you did that? Um, and so he, he introduced me to that Lindsay Buckingham live version that Lindsay does solo acoustic. That's insane. If people haven't heard it, they should go look up that version.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Lindsey Buckingham, of course, no slouch on guitar. So to learn any of his guitar parts must be just crazy.
0: It was. It was quite a long process. Uh, I learned that over a period of months. Mm -hmm. But I think that's fun to really set a high bar for yourself with a difficult piece and really sit down and learn it inch by inch, exactly note for note, exactly how it's played. I've done that a few times now, and that's always really rewarding for me.
2: And what came first for you when you were a kid, I guess? Was it singing or playing guitar, or was it just together?
0: Actually, writing came first for me. As soon as I learned how to read and write, I don't know how old, maybe six, okay. I, I loved writing poems and stories. And I would just write stories probably until I was about nine. When I was nine, I asked my parents for singing lessons. And once I, began singing and realized that I could put all of those stories and poems to song, Mm -hmm. um, to melody. That's when it really clicked for me. I never wanted to do anything else. And then I didn't start playing guitar until I was almost 18. Wow. So very late. Yeah. I've been writing for a few years and I've been writing with producers and I had a rude awakening that I wouldn't get writing credit if I didn't also write the chords. Cause I thought if I wrote the lyrics and melody and sang a song that it was my song, you know, right. but, um, one experience in particular alerted me that that is not the case. And I really felt a great ownership over my songs, you know? And so I was like, dang it, I got to learn the guitar and the piano and and really have ownership over these songs the way that I hear them in my head. And the same thing happened to me with producing a few years later when I would hear all these parts in my head, you know, guitar parts or synth parts. I would just, I looked at these musicians in Nashville, these studio musicians, and I was just so in awe of the way that they could make what was in their head come out of their hands. I just so like jealous. Not only notes and chords, but like Mm -hmm. sounds and synth sounds and sonically how to, how to tweak things so that it's a texture that you're hearing in your head. And I was fascinated by that. And that's what really prompted me to learn how to produce and, and take more of that, um, craft into my own hands, which I absolutely love. Yeah.
2: When, when people are able to do that, it's almost like, I don't want to say it's a magic trick. It's almost like a miracle. It's just, I don't know how people can do that. It's just incredible. Um, you also play in
0: Nashville. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You also play banjo.
0: Yeah. I play banjo. Well, that's around that time I I was playing guitar and that's when I, well, that love of production inspired me to pick up other instruments. And also the fact that at the time I was playing solo acoustic shows around high schools and colleges in new England. And I just wanted to pick up more instruments to make my show more interesting because it was Uh just me on stage. And so I learned some banjo and some slide guitar, which led to dobro. So I just picked up instruments over the years. I, I just, I love different tunings and voicings and I love production. I love, I'm a real geek about all of it. So I feel like I have a lot of crafts on my plate that I'm always working on and trying to be great at.
2: And if I was to give you a title, would you accept uh, singer songwriter? Is that what you would like to be known as?
0: I think so I, I often um, Wrestle with that a little too Because I also want to call myself a musician Like when I write My occupation I write musician Because I guess singer can kind of Be included in that But i I'm, it's all semantics to me I just yeah. love music
2: Yeah musician makes sense The first single off the new album was Come in but don't make yourself comfortable <clears throat>
1: Come in
2: The lyric, come in, but park your truck facing out. That line to me just feels like such a a cool, old school, country style lyric. I really, really dug that when I heard it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's a fun image. I like that image. Um, My co-writer on that song, Jorge Stelling, who's my guitar tech he literally just, we were, jo- this song started as a joke in the studio. And I said, come in, but don't make yourself comfortable. <laughs> and we were just kind of literally riffing off that. I was like, dang, that should be a country song. He was like, yeah, tell the guy to park his truck facing out so he can just drive away when you, when you kick him out. And I thought that was such a great image. So thank you.
2: And the video fun. The production value on the videos is very high. Are you working with the same team on all of these?
0: We are. The, the come in video is slightly different. It's co-produced by fish and clips in New Zealand. We made that video in New Zealand. Oh, okay. Um, we wanted to make it in America, but um, I was still living in New Zealand. We needed a video and we knew that we wouldn't be able to make it in America safely and mm-hmm. cost efficiently. It costs so much and there's so many extra hoops you have to jump through to test everyone, quarantine everyone. Like it's just a nightmare because that video had a lot of extras, like close to 50, maybe. I I don't remember the exact number, but a lot of extras in the bar, you know, and dancers and crew. And it just would have been a nightmare making that video um, in America last year. This was before the vaccine. Um, And so we made it in Auckland at this country, Western bar in Auckland, which is a very rare thing. Um, There really aren't any country bars in New Zealand. So the one that there is, we filmed that and (laughs) it's a really fun video. I'm really proud of it. I think that my favorite part about the coming music video are the dancers and the extras. I think they just have such good energy. It's one thing to kind of act out good energy in a video. And it's another thing to like really have it. And I feel like they have a lot of joy and sex appeal and, um, carefree energy in that
2: video. Well, when you're dancing in a video, it just makes you feel, you know, vit- uh, you know, alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, and there's a, some of these videos are like mini movies. There's a, there's a little bit of acting going on in, in these at, at times. Is that something you would ever want to pursue down the line?
0: No, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel probably not, but I definitely will never say never. I do feel like if I did act, I feel like Broadway or Disney kind of thing. I don't know if it's because I grew up on a lot of that and grew right. up on a lot of show tunes and American Songbook, but I do have the kind of training and the kind of voice that would make for a really good, like Broadway Disney character when I want to turn it on. Um, so maybe that would be my my entryway to Thank acting. You. But I I love. Like my whole goal with my artistry is like pulling, pulling the truth out of myself Mm -hmm. as opposed to another character. So I feel like it's actually a little bit of a stretch, but we'll see.
2: I like that when I ask you a question, you have a definitive answer. You don't hem and haw and you're not just like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you like you, you thought about it a little bit. You kind of know.
0: Yeah, well, I like these questions. I like questions that have layers to them and and that are deep. It makes me think out loud. (laughs) So that's what I was just doing. (laughs)
2: All right, good. I love that too. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Roxala listeners, it's Pat Francis, and I'm here to tell you that we are stepping up our audio game with the new Shure MV7 podcast microphone. Now look, if you want to get the best audio out of your Zoom interviews, and I know you do then you need to buy the MV7. It's perfect for podcasting, home recording, and gaming. It plugs right into the USB of your PC or your Mac, and it's ready to go. So take your sound to the next level with the Shure MV7 podcast microphone. You know what? I'm using it right now.
1: Now back to the show.
2: All right, another song on the album, Don't Talk to Me Like I'm Tiffany. Yeah. You get a a little help from uh, a guitar player on this. Do you want to tell the listeners uh, who's on this song?
0: Yes. So Joe Bonamassa, who's one of my guitar heroes, he's just an absolute beast. uh, And I became friends last year. He's a very nice guy. And I wrote this song and this riff after having breakfast with him one day. And just envisioned him on the song. I, I really wanted a song. he could play something like really swampy and grimy yeah. on. And he came in the studio was kind enough to come to the studio and uh, play on the song. And of course he brought, you know, a 52 telly and a 55 strat and like all these insane guitars and let us play them. And he, he's a great guy. So I'm very grateful for, for his playing on this song. It's a very, very sassy, fun tongue in cheek kind of uh, ragey song for me. And uh, very swampy. I hope actually speaking of music videos, I hope we get to make a video for that because I, I already see that in my mind. I think that'd be such a fun video. <laughs>
1: I gotta give it to you all you got some big balls for a boy with a small mind
2: and joe has to be in the video
1: of course
0: um
1: it's gonna so, be like a, the
0: guns and roses video where he's <laughs> like in the desert playing guitar uh, when joe
2: bonamassa comes in to to do a solo for you play on a song are you able to give him notes or is he is he giving you exactly what you had envisioned
0: that's a great question. Cause I think it depends on the song and the collaboration mm-hmm. in Joe's case. I'm not sure what I was envisioning. I just wanted him to come in and, and put himself into it, which I knew he would, and which he did. I definitely wasn't expecting him to play slide, but now when I listen to the song, I can't imagine it any other way. Right. And I definitely didn't give him notes. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying I didn't need to. He just killed it and crushed it. Um, and definitely when an artist is kind enough to give you their time and um, offer up their heart in a collaboration, like mm-hmm. you wouldn't start with the notes, you know, you'd start right. with what they feel and what they think. And and then if it doesn't jibe, you know, then you can have a conversation. But that was not the case with him. He was just right in it
2: cool i love that uh yeah he seems like a a nice guy when i've seen him on interviews and stuff he was probably asking you is that okay what did you think
0: yeah and so was matthew Ramsey, who's also on the record which is kind of mind-blowing to me
1: left so much life before i fell in her arms spent years becoming the man that she funny now i feel like a boy so disarmed cause she sings for the world but she thinks the world of me god i'm so lucky i've seen so many skies guitar in my
0: You know, people forget that artists, you know, we're very sensitive, very mm-hmm. emotional. We really want to be um, accepted and, and especially it's very vulnerable to put yourself into someone else's song, to put yourself out there at all. And, you know, yeah. that's our job. That's what we do all day, every day. Um, but if you take the person out of their comfort zone, which you are when they go into a foreign situation, even though I feel like, they are so far above me and ahead of me, um, you know, then you see that, that little, I don't know, risk factor, but I think that's really healthy. I think like that's something that I want to put myself into more is those kind of uncomfortable artistic situations. It's really good for you. And I, and some of my favorite musicians and the most like artistically courageous heroes of mine are really good at that.
2: Yeah. Cause you don't want to play it safe. Right. That's yeah, a, you
0: don't want to just be good in your lane. You know, you want to push yourself. You want to know your lane and, and not, you know, be a fool. <laughs> yeah, you want. But, to. but you want to, yeah, you want to push yourself and challenge yourself and get better in new situations. That's something my husband really encourages me to do, which is really cool too. I've learned yeah. that a lot since feeding him.
2: Yeah, you want to surprise your fan base too. You want to, you want them to say, "Wow, I wasn't expecting that, but that's pretty yeah. cool." Yeah. Uh, Let's jump back to the previous album, 2018, Bare Feet. You do yeah. a cover of Van Morrison's Brown Eye Girl, and you really made this your own. You just, it wasn't, it wasn't a straightforward cover. And I think, um, I think that's what makes great for a great cover song when the artist takes it and makes it their own. So mm-hmm. really enjoyed it.
1: And a-jumping
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, people people love that cover still. We it wasn't supposed to be on the album. It was just something that we did for, I think, for socials or for YouTube or something. And then uh, people ended up loving it. and We put it on the record. So thank you. It's a very beautiful, deep, sad lyric. Yeah, you know, and people don't know that because they know the song. It's so up tempo, and they've been hearing it their whole life. Maybe they don't know all the words or the story. So. Um, that version showcases the melancholy in the lyric a little more.
2: It it definitely does. It's definitely uh, exactly what you said. It's more, more deep and more, more sad. Your version of it. Yeah. Uh, But still great. Still fantastic.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you. So this album kicks off again, immediately with a catch song, uh, the difference. And then in parentheses, gosh, damn.
0: Gosh Damn.
2: Again, banjo on this. Very cool. But I was taken aback by the lyric uh, in the video, it works because it seems tongue-in-cheek. But when you sing it, I can't help it, you little bitch. I was kind of like, yeah. that put me on my heels a little bit. I was like, wait, is that what I just heard? And then I had to go look yeah. at the lyrics. And I mean, for me, that word is—it's not playful. It's kind of derogatory. So I wanted to get your take mm. on on the way that you you wrote this and used this in the song.
1: Oh, oh.
0: that's a great question. Well, of course, words are very objective that way. You know, people, I would say process certain words differently, especially Mm -hmm. swear words. So I think that's something you have to be aware of when you're writing. For me, this line was very playful. And also, this verse makes use of it. There's a, it's a conversation that's happening in the verse. So yeah. you're saying he said this, she said this. So sometimes when you sing those lines, it's a little bit hard to understand where the quotation marks are. Right. Um. But definitely. Yeah. The, the male protagonist in the song, the love interest is saying, um, you know, I can't help it you little bitch. Cause the whole first verse is kind of me teasing him and leading him on. Right. Um, so it's meant playfully for sure. It's not meant, um, in an incendiary way, but certainly, you know, it is. And it's funny. A lot of people don't hear it like until they saw it in the video, they didn't hear that line. Um, and it's kind of fun playing it live, but it's definitely supposed to be tongue in cheek, but you know, that's, the risk that you take when you put a swear word or uh, a word like in Tiffany, um, a a word that's seen as derogatory or maybe a little off limits in a song. You're kind of going for that shock factor a little bit or that like laugh or that surprise or that um, tongue in cheekness. But I personally like that energy a little bit. And a lot of my songs have, I call it sass, but it's kind of that like um, teasing sexual energy in it I guess.
2: yeah you and you don't shy away from that and I picked up on that no. in a lot of songs yeah. and um, again if we if we just look at you you you're the girl next door so then when it's like a juxtaposition when I would hear some of these as you say sassy lyrics so
0: yeah that's funny um I don't know I'm pretty emotional I have a lot of different layers to me and I definitely have a lot of fire in me, I don't yeah. know if people necessarily see that when they um watch some of my videos or see me on social media or whatever, uh-huh. but I definitely have quite a bit of fire in me um and you can hear that in a lot of my songs, I think, but it's it's playful it's not like total rage it's just it's right. the range of emotion you know right. uh
2: and again this uh this this lyric really um works in the context of the video because you can see that it's playful. Yeah,
0: yeah, Um, exactly, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well,
1: why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price Priceline
2: Then you make a sequel video Chasing Me is yeah. a sequel to The Difference
1: Yeah Yeah
0: It's a cross country kind of love story. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of chasing me, uh, he gets the girl, which I love. And, and Cody Walker starred in those videos. If people haven't seen them, they can just um, pull them up on YouTube, the difference and chase and me, but it is uh, a continuous story. And Cody Walker is such a nice guy. And we filmed in some of the most beautiful locations. This was a few years ago. This was 2018. We filmed in Zion national park in Utah we filmed in Big Sur and we filmed in Nashville. Um, and gosh, it was so beautiful. It was one of the most fun adventures of m- my life to date then. Um, cause these are bucket list places, you know, like yeah, Big sure. Sur and Zion that people dream of going. So to go and then be able to make art there, like I'm in Hawaii right now. And I all, all I can think about when I see the, I, I just think about the videos that I want to make when I, while I'm here, um, and I don't know, that's just the, the artist in me, but I love nature. I love putting my music against the backdrop of nature.
2: Let me, uh, let me talk about the song tough guys from 2016. Yeah. It, this was your first proper single proper video, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, explain this song to, uh, to a non-tough guy. Um, I'm still trying to figure these lyrics out a little bit. Does the woman in the song, does she like tough guys or is she over? Liking tough guys.
1: I'm selfish if I please myself. I'm good if I please you. I'm a rebel if I don't fit in the box. I'm a talent if I do. I'm ignorant to your hypocrite, naive to your experience. Well, oops, but I don't give a because sh- I ain't waiting on you to approve. I got all the love that my heart can feel. I
0: It's funny, I, I, I love these questions. Thank you so much for thinking so much about my lyrics. Um, tough guys is kind of. I would say a proclamation of, of self-empowerment and independence against people who really want you to be different than you are and want to make you into something more palatable for them. So ironically, you know, real tough guys, that's not really what real strength and real toughness is about. Okay. Um, but it's talking more about, you know, guys who have that kind of facade of strength and toughness and tell you how it should be and what you should do and how you should live, who you should identify yourself as. And, um, so that's really a statement of, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. And if you don't like it too, freaking bad. Um, so that song, um, especially at that time being my first single, that's a very playful song, but also. Definitely has a lot of power and statement of authenticity and integrity behind it, um, and uh, it was it's a really fun one to play live. Like people still, that's still one of our um, like most responded to songs live. Yeah.
2: Now the first uh, the first four albums, Fallen Flower, Nice to Know You, Clean Dirt, mm-hmm. and the Heart is Smart. These are all on Bandcamp, but as an outsider, I feel like maybe you feel like the career has really started with bare feet.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, those first albums that you refer to, um, that's kind of me trying to figure out how to make music, you know? And I mean, not that I'm still am. It's, it's an endless it's an endless pursuit, a lifelong pursuit. But that was you know me at 18, 19, never having recorded. Um, it's like your college it's having,
2: like your college years, those first four hours. Yeah,
0: it, well, it literally is. Yeah, it literally is my college years. Um, and I just made those very DIY, um, except the hardest smart. The hardest smart had some great national music, has some great national musicians on it. Mac McAnally really helped me out. That was like my first time meeting anyone in Nashville. I'm recording with them. Um, So that has some um, kind of more country commercial musicians on it. Um, But yeah, those, those albums are literally me trying to find, you know, writing my first songs, trying to find my sound and myself. And um, at the same time I was touring schools and playing solo acoustic shows. Um, It was a very formative time for me.
2: Well, here's what I like. Those albums are still on Bandcamp. You can still purchase them and yeah. find them. Like you haven't like disowned them. You haven't, and, and not that you should, because there's some great stuff in the grooves of those records too. But I can Thank just you uh, very much. I could just I can hear the progression as we get, you know, absolutely. To, yeah. You, yeah. You know, and um even uh even the album artwork on those albums, you can tell it's you trying to figure it out. Like fallen yeah. flower is a very for lack of a better word, glammy, model shot. And yeah. then, you know, and it's just, everything's just, I, I enjoyed listening to those and I enjoyed seeing the album covers and seeing uh, the growth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had long blonde hair on one of them. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. College so, years,
0: exactly what you said.
2: Okay. Uh, growing up, who are some of your personal musical influences?
0: I grew up listening to a lot of classic rock and R&B. Okay. That's what my dad loved. I grew up listening to a lot of the great vocalists of the '90s: Mariah, Whitney, Celine, Barbara Streisand. That's what my mom loved, and she loved some like '70s, '80s pop, like ABBA. Okay. Too. Um, she's Australian, so ABBA's huge. I love ABBA. like still Abba is such an influence on what I think is good pop songwriting. Um, and then I also grew up singing opera. So I was trained in opera and kind of jazz American songbook. That's what I grew up singing. And then when I was 17, I went to Nashville for the first time and I hadn't grown up listening to country music. I really wasn't familiar with country music as a genre, like maybe a little bit of Faith Hill and Shania was kind of the extent of what I knew of country music. And I went to a show at the Bluebird Cafe, which is a legendary singer songwriter venue in Nashville. And just lightning bolt moment totally changed my life. I'd never seen, I'd, I, I Bob Dylan. I loved Joni Mitchell. I loved the seventies singer songwriters, sixties singer songwriters, but I hadn't realized there was a whole genre of music really built around the storytelling, the songwriting, the craftsmanship, like the honest, authentic, storytelling. That's the best way I can put it. And I, I saw these songwriters at the Bluebird just capture the entire room with just their voice and just a guitar and a story. And I was just transfixed. I just fell in love with it. And I delved back into all the way to Hank Williams and the Carter family, like the founders of country music and forward from there and just listened to the whole genre the whole lineage and uh fell in love with Willie Nelson and Vince Gill and Patsy Klein, Emmy Lou Harris and Dolly Parton and, um just so many, so many artists that, that I But that was kind of the yeah, but that was kind of the missing, I feel like discovering country was like the missing piece of the melange of my personal artistry. Mm-hmm. Um and especially discovering the culture of Nashville and and the values of Nashville and what's important and respected in Nashville. Like that really became the framework for how I measured myself as an artist.
2: So that was like a lightning bolt moment then being at the blue Blue cafe.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: So there's a, on your website, there's no current shows booked. When do you think it'll be safe uh, in the age of COVID to get back out on the road and support this album?
0: Well, we, ha- we actually have a lot in the works and we have okay. a lot um, that's about to be announced um, okay. in the next few weeks. So cool. I would just tell people to stand by. It's going to be a very busy 2022. Excellent. Um, it's just not up yet.
2: All right. I am located in Southern California. So oh, cool. I hope that you do shows out here and that we get to say hello in person.
0: I would love that. I actually I can confirm that I will be in Southern California playing shows this year
2: that's perfect so let's
0: make it happen carson will make it happen when we um
2: when we have the show all right cool and I, it,
0: it shows that you're going to want to come to too
1: excellent
2: uh i want to tell people where they can find you website carolinejones.com twitter at caroline jones instagram at caroline jones it couldn't be easier for people <laughs> i know and, it couldn't yeah. be easier
1: <sighs> um
2: Caroline, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I loved all your answers. Uh, It was, you you were a joy. And my last question for you is every episode ends with a playout song. So you need to give me any song from your career that you would like me to use as the playout song.
0: Do you want up-tempo or down-tempo? What are you feeling?
2: It's wh- whatever you want. It's all on you.
0: Okay, I'm going to do... There's a song on my new record called Everyone's a Rebel Till They Fall in Love. And I feel like it encapsulates my artistry and what we've been talking about pretty well. It's it's a sassy song, but it also has kind of my stamp melodically, my my sweeter side melodically. And production-wise, it's like a little... Tom Petty, which I love. So I feel like this encapsulates where I am in life right now pretty well. Plus, it's like a tongue-in-cheek song I wrote about never wanting to get married, and I'm on my honeymoon. So (laughs) play it out.
2: All right. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you.
0: Really nice to talk to you.
2: Nice to talk to you, too. I want to thank Carson Bankhead for setting this up for us. Thank you so much, Carson. I believe we're going to have CDs to give away in conjunction with this episode. So that's going to be cool. And you can follow us at Rock Solid Show, and we are at rocksolidpodcast.com. Once again, thank you, Caroline Jones. And everyone, please enjoy. Everyone's a rebel until they until fall they in love. Until
0: they fall in love. Yep.
2: Here thank you, you. Thank you. Take care, Caroline.
0: Bye.